Kia ora, you're listening to Speak Out Radio on 106.1 FM. I'm your host for today, Compass, and I use they, them pronouns. Uh, kia ora, ko Brittany Toku Ingoa, uh, I use they, them pronouns as well. And kia ora, ko Jaya Ho, I use they, them, mohi, him, or I'm trying to be good about telling people to use ear for me, but that's Ooh, an interesting yes. one. So, Can you maybe? explain what ear pronouns are? Um, so ear is the only singular um, third-person pronoun in Te Reo Māori, so like, you can think of it as he, she, he, him, also they, them, singular, because there's no gendered pronouns in Te Reo. We yeah, love it. Yeah, I love that. And that's a, a good segue of what we're here to talk <laughs> about. Um, so it's Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori. Yeah, did I do that all right? Um, yeah, so Te Reo Māori Language Week, which is awesome and we're just gonna you know share some stories talk about language a little bit and then at the end we're gonna just share some uh you've prepared some words that we can sort of use in our everyday lives right so some yes dozens (laughs) very enthusiastic so i'm excited for that and i guess we'll just hit it off um do you want to start us off after you yeah take it away Cool. Uh, so I am Kaitahu, so I decided to go with a, a wee story or a pūrāko um, about pōnamu, um, so greenstone or jade. Um, arguably, though, uh, is the fact that there are different kinds of pōnamu, um, so jade is only one certain kind of the three kinds of pōnamu. Uh, so, yeah, the legend of Pornamu is around uh, a tanifa named Portini, uh, and he took uh, a woman hostage, I suppose, mm-hmm. in nowadays terms. Uh, so her name was Waitaiki. Uh, he thought that she was so beautiful and amazing that he wanted to take her and keep her I guess Um, and then obviously her husband whose name was Tamahua I always forget his name but uh, he was a chief and uh, was basically I'm I'm very casually telling this story but (laughs) basically he was like where's my missus and then (laughs) and then uh, obviously like chased after the tanifa um by following uh, little green rocks. So um, as uh, Pōtini, the Tanifa, was travelling down the New Zealand coast, um, he was lighting a fire uh, to keep Waitaiki warm. And then as he was doing that, um, it was leaving um, green stones along the path so that Tamahua could follow them. And then, basically, the Tanifa was like, crap, he's going to get me. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to keep running forever. Uh, and so he lay Waitaiki down um, and, like, buried her in the sand, supposedly. Um, and so that was kind of him wanting to keep her essence there, but also not being able to be found. Uh, and so where the Tanifa decided to lie Waitaiki was actually in the Arahura River, which I had the amazing privilege of going to a few months ago. Um, and by lying her down there, 
it created one certain strand of pornamu, which is ironically called waitaiki. Mm. Uh, and then when Tamahua, the chief, um, discovered that his wife had been turned into stone, um, he let out this massive tangi, so a massive cry. Um, and it's still said that when you go down south, you can hear his cry in the wind. Um, but his cry created uh, something called tangiwai, which is in, I guess, uh, English, uh, is referred to as Bowenite. Um, so, yeah, not many people know much about Bowenite, but um, it's a really beautiful, like, deep green. Um, and, yeah, that's the Tangiwai. So, yeah. And Serpentine is supposedly uh, Putini, the All right. Tanifa, so, which I never knew. So, yeah. That's my Puraku. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I, I haven't heard a lot of like stories or um Pagiwaitara. Yeah. And um yeah, I guess it's sort of awesome to know that like a lot comes from like stories that have been passed down from generation mm. to generation. Because I feel like especially being a European, like all of our stories are just like morals like don't do this like I'm German so I grew up with I can't remember his name but there was a story of like a little boy who let his like fingernails and his hair grow out and then he got his fingers cut off and that's stories (laughs) that I grew up just to teach you not to be like unhygienic so it's like it's yeah I'm gonna cut your fingers off little Timothy if you don't cut your nails immediately yeah exactly so it's sort of like it's nice to know that there are like stories out there that actually have like a really deep cultural meaning and actually like tell stories and that sort of thing yeah, and, just, um, yeah, I think before I get to my one, mm-hmm. I think um, generally the thing that I love about um, the history of like Māori have a re- oh, sorry words today <laughs> have a rich um, history of what's called like an oral tradition. Mm-hmm. So like that's how language and um, and stories and information was passed on like through language. So um, one of the things that I've really loved about learning te reo is understanding how intertwined with the natural world and with te ao Māori the language actually is. Um, and yeah, also just uh, how, you know, a lot of these concepts contain, especially because I study biology, so I'm a big nerd about that sort of stuff, <laughs> um, contain like really scientific ideas. Like, mm. yeah, cool. There's different, you know, they recognize there's different types of greenstone. Mm. They recognize that, yeah, um, for example, with Ruomoko, who's the um, unborn god of volcanoes and earthquakes, like there's something moving you know, things around under the ground that causes volcanoes, that causes earthquakes, but we don't have the words for, like, tectonic plates and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's how that information gets passed on. And I think that that's so cool. That and is so The look cool. on your face right I now is like, fantastic. I'm blown away. That's so cool. It's a total there. The other thing that I love about the different puraco that I've been hearing, especially over the last few months, um, is that every single story has their own whakapapa, Mm. so they all have their own genealogy. So Mm. everyone knows about, I guess, what's seen as the creation story, um, which is Ranginui and Papatuanuku, um, but actually they had parents and families and cousins and brothers and sisters and nibblings and and siblings. Yeah, and we're products of that. We're related to them. And so every single Māori person can whakapapa back to them. Um, and just looking at the, 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 I guess, family trees yeah. of different um, 
what I guess is now called mythical people or yeah. stories. Um, As opposed to the Yeah, canon rather than of... it actually being our fact, like mm. it's our family history. Um, but yeah, I just love looking at all the whakapapa of how every character, I guess, fits into place. Yes. I love it. That's such a fantastic segue into the one that I'm about to tell. Um, so I, like, this is one of the stories that a lot of people... Um, like, have heard or know about, but I find, like, I get really excited talking about it specifically because I think it's really interesting the way that um, wahine toa, so, like, strong women are portrayed in Māori, like, myth, um, versus the way that they're talked about, like, in Pākehā society and specifically, like, the the treat the different treatment of, like, women viewed through a non-Māori lens. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to talk about Hine Nui Te Pō, which, like, I, I think in the one where Britt and I were here last week, I, like, really briefly mentioned her because I love her to pieces. Yeah, um, actually, that's where, why I wanted, like, yeah. us to do this because we so briefly touched yeah, on it. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. We have to know more. But, yeah, please, tell me more. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, before I start, I want to slap a little content warning on there for the discussion of incest because that, unfortunately, is part of the story. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, be warned that there is that. Um, yeah, yeah, here I go. <laughs> I mean, like, the if you've watched Game of Thrones, like, I mean, if, you yeah, watch, but... if you watch Star Wars, yeah. like, yeah, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just as a general PSA, though. Um, yeah, so with, uh, after Tane Mahuta and his siblings split up their parents, um, he created the first woman named Hineahuone, who he shaped from clay. Hineahuone literally means, like, woman of the, you know, the sand or the soil. Um, and he breathed life into her by um, pressing his nose to hers and sharing a breath. So, you know, tihei modi order, the sneeze of life. Um, so that's why we hongi, is to, like, acknowledge that um, where humanity comes from, essentially, and that we're all part of the same... Breath of yeah, life. Yeah, the same breath of life. Um, so he had a child with her named... Uh, and, again, there's, like, a million different versions of the story, so people have different names, and, yeah. But this is the version that I know. Um, hine titama, which means, like, maiden of the dawn... Um, and she was so beautiful and, you know, pure and innocent. Um, and then he did not tell her he was her father and had children with her. Um, which, yeah, that's the, the fat incest warning, yikes. Um, so... <laughs> yikes. <laughs> it's just like cracking up. Sorry, this is professional, y'all. Um, <laughs> sorry. I'll curve my bad, <laughs> bad habits. Um Sorry, so, I ju- we keep on dropping pieces <laughs> of paper. <laughs> Chaotic in here today. Um, so basically they had children, which included all of humanity. So we're descended from them. Um, but eventually she became curious about where she came from. Um, so she asked Tane Mahuta, like, who is my father? And he replied, um, ask the posts of our house, which kind of refers to the fact that in a whare you have the posts which have all of your ancestors carved into them. So it was a very, like, roundabout way of saying, oh, yeah, it's me. Like, if you look at the posts, you'll see me on there as an ancestor. So, yeah. Um, and in her um, shame, also grief and, like, betrayal, she fled to the underworld um, and he kind of followed her and begged her to come back, to which she replied, um... I can't, you know, because you've done this to me. Um, but you stay in the world and look after our children and, like, bring them up here and I'll be here to receive them in death. 
And the reason that I love, and then, you know, obviously there's the stuff that happens later around um, Maui wanting to attain immortality and um, perform reverse birth um, by crawling up her vaginal cavity and out her mouth, thereby killing her. Um, And she wakes up partway through and kills him. And this is why we have death. He was the first person to die because of that. Um, And because of like that specific part of the myth, a lot of Westerners see her as like, oh, this evil, like, you know, she has seaweed for hair and, like, gnashing teeth and this horrible, ugly woman who, like, killed this poor man and that's why we have death, Um, which I think comes from a very, like, secular Christian view of death as being, like, Mm. intrinsically tied to hell or, like, morality and, oh, evil, bad, death is scary and horrible, but we don't necessarily, like, have that in Te Ao Māori. totally, like... Or, like, a lot of European and, like, Western stories are super, like, black and white of, like, this is good, mm. this is bad, and mm. looking at it in that way. Yeah. And, and that's I th- definitely, sorry, that's definitely how she's portrayed. Like, yeah. I've watched a lot of, um, like, short films mm. even that are made by Māori, um, and she's seen as the, you know, the death spirit or the, the person who... You know, once you go, it's you either almost like you're going to God up there, or yeah, it's her, and it's but not yeah, there was not what it resembles if you go back and actually look at that, like yeah, and I mean like the place where everyone goes when they die is you know Cape Reinga where the Pohutukawa mm. um, roots you know go down into the entrance of um, Rarohenga, the underworld, and she's there waiting to receive her children like you know it's just seen as a different step in the process and like the cycle of life and death Mm. and it's well to me at least it's a very comforting thing because it's like here's this traumatized woman who's like you know been lied to her whole life and has had this really horrible lot dealt and even though she's like you know symbolically turned from Hinetitama the maiden of the dawn to Hinenuitipo like the goddess of death the woman Mm. in the night she's still, like, a complicated mother figure Mm. who's there to look after her children in death and, like, you know, hasn't abdicated that responsibility. Mm. Um, It's also kind of empowering, though. Yeah, it is. Like, she, out of a dark situation, found a beautiful purpose. Yeah. Um, But I also think, like, for me personally, um, when I was younger, I don't know if this needs a content warning, I guess, about dying and fear of that, but when I was younger, um, I was like so terrified of dying and now I think it's a really beautiful process you know like it yes it's a grieving and you know you've still got all those natural reactions but you're not going alone you know like you have someone who is there to greet you 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 know when you pass away you're hopefully surrounded by you know your whanau in the physical world and yeah. then the second you leave that physical world, she's there with you. you yeah, know? and I mean, part of that process as well is, like, around the, like, I've had a couple of, like, funerals that weren't Māori, and then I've had a couple of, like, you know, the first tangi I ever went to was for my koro, um in, like, 28, 28, it was not, <laughs> not the 2010s yet, Um and yeah, that was like such a wildly different experience because yeah. like with a tangi, for those of you who don't know, um, you basically like go back to a marae and you have like, it's, well, yeah, if the body's in the okay condition to have yeah. open casket, then it's open casket and it's several days long and you like sleep in the same room and it's basically like, you know, like I, 
coped with my Koro's death so much better than I did with any of the other deaths that I've had to live through just because I actually had that time to grieve and come to terms with the fact that he was gone and then say goodbye physically and then also like I think it's such a disservice the way that the modern funeral industry works which is oh chuck him in a coffin and in the ground as oh soon as possible my, I have so many because like yeah oh, because you literally yeah. don't <laughs> have the time to process yeah. like you see them for a second and then your brain is like you have like cool. three days of bereavement leave every year yeah within your western system mm. but actually your average tangy is like is, a week is at least three days yeah i've never been to a tangy um and to be honest i link that directly to the fact that i haven't been able to mourn a lot of people yeah. who have passed away in my life because you're given this opportunity for three, four, whatever, however many days to just feel your grief. Yeah. Whereas and to be around other people who are also like feeling two the hours of bereavement leave before yeah. you go back to work and carry on with your life. Yeah. Like, yeah, I have so much for Karu about that. Yeah. And then I also, I just think that, like, the time that it takes to process and, like, I think seeing the person and spending yeah. time with them is essential to moving on. And we just don't have that. Like, yeah. it's just, oh, cool, box, I've seen in them. The cool, yeah. move on. Yeah, move like, on. And you don't actually have time to sift through all those things. And, like, especially to say, you know, like, one of the things that I treasured the most about my tangi for my koro was that I got to, like, sit next to him and just talk to him. I'm getting teary, oh, but, like... But uh, it's such a beautiful process. And yeah. that's why... I think it's so easy to get so full of emotions is because it's more than just a sadness. Yeah. It's actually this really beautiful um, hug around that sadness of saying, actually, you had this opportunity to say anything that was unsaid, to to share whatever you need, Mm. and you know that... Um, Hininui Tupo yeah. is there not only with you but with him yeah. listening to your kōrero, you know? And also like as a celebration of their life generally because totally. the whole community comes together for it, right? Yeah, but um, it's also, it's not just three days of crying. Yeah. You're singing, you're laughing, yeah. you're eating, you're yeah, all the meals sharing are memories. Like yeah. it's almost your memory making at the same time as grieving which I think some people find quite weird, like this is a tangi why are you laughing? But it's it's more than that as well, you yeah. know? Yeah. Oh, I love, I could talk about that for so <laughs> long. Yeah. yeah. Emotional. Sorry, that was a super loud laugh. I saw the, <laughs> the audio You're go like good. crazy. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. That's Aww. really, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, no words. Still so processing. I'm like, yeah. Um, How yeah. are we like, good for yeah we're good for time yeah um yeah i suppose like it is sort of interesting that um i guess in a lot of other places there is this sort of concept of like heaven or hell Mm. of like what you do in your life impacts whether or not you'll be happy like when you die when you like pass over Mm. and that sort of thing i think that's it's nice to think that like at the end of the day, we're all mm. family. We're all together mm. and we all go to the same place. Yeah. And there will always be, like, somebody there to, like, love and protect you. Yeah. Which is, yeah, I guess it's less, like... I think that is what puts a lot of fear into people mm. of being, like, have I been, like, good enough yeah. to mm. actually, like, deserve, yeah. like, to go to a happy place yeah. and that sort of thing? Which I've if, done yeah. some bad things in my life, at law. 
uh, you know, like I've made mistakes, so do I go to heaven? You know, and it's, I think everyone kind of, when you're growing up, you're like, Mm. oh no, you know, I I woke up once and the tooth fairy didn't come, or I don't know, something ridiculous, (laughs) you know what I mean? But like, and I think as a kid, like, especially because I I grew up in a church, Mm. um, and for me it was like, oh God, like, (laughs) 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 anyway, oh my goodness, Um, I guess, you know, like, what are the what are his guidelines? Like, yeah. why why isn't there, like, a printed rule book? Like, mm-hmm. don't tell me it's the Bible, because that doesn't clarify anything. But, you know, like, how do I know whether I'll get in or not? And then you look at different pūrāko within Te Ao Māori, and it's just so... It's it's just like a you almost graduate to go into that spiritual world, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it's so different. Yeah, and one of the things that I really love um, that I talk about a lot at the moment, because... Um, you know, even with the concept of karakia, right, it mm. loosely translates to to pray, mm. but it's more like an incantation. And, like, I, I teach a lot of te reo Māori a lot. Mm. I have no rest. Um, and one of the things that I make a point of explaining is that there's such a difference between wairuatanga, which is spirituality, and religion. Yeah. And those two things aren't inherently linked in te reo Māori. Like, yeah. you can, you know, for example, you have some karakia that, yes, are Christian and, yes, are religious, but like this idea of spirituality and nourishing your like your soul really, mm. which like can look like a whole bunch of different things. It's more like your beliefs and like could be your morals. It could be like you know religion as well, yes, yeah. but not inherently tied to that. And I think that it's such an important thing that people tend to dismiss for one because there's a lot of like, and I'm not going to get into it politics around religion. Yeah. Um, but this idea that that's the only way that you can be spiritual, I think is so detrimental, especially when like spirituality can be as much as being like, Oh man, I'm feeling really run down. I need to go like have a hikoi out in the bush, Mm. you know, like I need to soak up some nature and and nourish my soul. And then I go back to work on my shitty nine to five job. Oh, sorry. Should I not have sworn? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's just, (laughs) <laughs> you keep on saying things and I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's like, yeah, spirituality and religion are like, they yeah. are quite closely linked, but also there is like such a massive difference that people need to appreciate and mm-hmm. like not going to like church on Sunday doesn't mean you're suddenly less of a spiritual person or something yes. like that yeah. of like, it is about like your soul and how you connect emotionally. And that's mm-hmm. a thing. say a quote. Oh, please I, sorry, do. I have to. No, I freaking love do. this Don't quote. Apologize. Going to church on a Sunday makes you no more a Christian than standing in a garage makes you a car. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? I, I don't. That. I have no idea. Someone told that to me as a child, and I've just it's stuck because I'm just like, bro, that's I so true. I think it's legally yours now. If, yeah, if yeah. I'll, I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it. Um, but the, also the other thing, I think it's quite hard to for people looking in to te ao Māori, um, mm. to be able to kind of dissociate where, um, what is culture mm. versus spirituality versus like, because so much of it is intertwined mm. that people are like, oh no, Māori's just a culture, it can't be a spirituality, mm. you know? Like I had someone say that to me probably about a month ago, and Oof. it was just like, actually, if you take the time to, to really learn about it, um, it's a lot more intricate and um, 
I, knowledge fueling, you know? Yeah, like and I mean, like... It's a lot deeper than I think a lot of people realise. Yeah, and even the concept of fukatoki, right, which are proverbs, I love them so much. Yeah. I'm obsessed with them. Yeah, um, they, they are my inspirational yes. quotes, but they're also my memes. They're also so <laughs> funny. Like, um, my one of my... F- I love that they pass down intergenerational knowledge about, like, hunter-gathering practices as well, and then also just, like... Um, like, you know, some moral stories, whatever, like a whole bunch of different things. Um, two of my favorite ones, like one that I'm always like, oh yeah, blah, 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 is um, Kiamate uh, Ururoa Kiamate Feke, which is um, die like a hammerhead shark, lest you die like an octopus, because it's like... Um, die strong rather than being submissive, right? Yeah, yeah, because like when you fish the octopus, it just kind of like goes into the net without resistance. Mm. Whereas when you like fish the hammerhead shark, it's known for fighting so fiercely that like its flesh still quivers after it's dead. Um, so like that's really cool, yeah. and that's also like oh yeah, cool. You know, like don't be, be a wimp, be basically. Yeah. 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 Um, and then my other favorite one that is like a meme that I think is so funny. <laughs> the first time I heard it like four years ago, I was tickled by it. <laughs> Is um I love that saying. I was yeah. <laughs> Is like um e, e mua kai kai e muri kai huare, which is I'm pretty sure that's it, but if I got it wrong <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> which is uh those who come early eat food, those who come late eat only spit. Which oh, is specifically like the early bird gets the worm. Like, yeah. come to the fore kai on time to eat your kai. If you come late, you have to just eat your own spit because you yeah, get nothing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. My go-to, I think, just because, I don't know, I'm a very social worker. Mm. It's about all I could word just mm. then. But um, is hewaka ikinoa. Just, yeah. you know, like, where it's not about the success of one person. Um Hiwaka ikinoa basically just means we're all on this journey together, you know, mm. and for me that's like the definition of life, I think, which got real deep real quick, so was, but <laughs> like, you know what I mean, like, it's not uh, all for one, one for all, you know, yeah. like actually if we could totoku one another, love and support each other, then we'd all be on a journey together, you know? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it, Brett. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the fact that, like, with this, it, like, we start off fun, yeah. and then, like, real quickly, we're like, this is the meaning of death. The, yeah, this <laughs> is the meaning of life and death, and then five seconds later, we're like, oh, and now memes. Like, like here yikes. we go. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle in. We're yeah. going on a ride. Yeah. Um, we've pretty much come to the end of sure. our time on air. So do you have any, maybe, like encouragement or tips or tricks to people that are learning today on Māori or, you know, want to start? Bruce, look at me. Okay, I'll go first. Um, <laughs> there are so many fantastic resources online. Mm. So like Māori Language Commission, especially because this week is Tewiki o Te Māori. Um, they have a bunch of really awesome posters, especially like around stuff um, for office, yeah, work. there's office, there's yeah. kitchens, there's How to order um, coffee, so much um, early childhood stuff mm. now. Um, there's a lot of technology based ones, um, but yeah, ordering your coffee in Maori. I did that last year. Oh, <gasps> we. So I I ordered it in <laughs> I ordered it in Tiriu at a Macca's. Oh my god! Was, and they just looked at me like, "Can I help you?" Cool, yeah. like, quick. Ah, Who the hell are you yeah, <laughs> coming in yeah, here with that? But. Yeah, there's so many resources. Yeah. But also, I think the best resource is finding people to learn with you. Yeah, definitely. Um, because that's how, 
as great as all the resources in the world are, that's how you get it ingrained, you know, into mm. your brain. That's how you remember it is by having memories to associate yeah. to those words. Um, and also just because, um, and my bio nerd come out for a sec, um, the, the two areas in your brain that are responsible for the articulation and the interpretation of speech are different. Mm. So it's something that like, yeah, you could be super good at listening and understanding, but that doesn't mean that you'll be good at speaking. That so so you problem. need to be practicing both of those actively. Yeah. Um, and it's not easy, but like it is a lot easier if you find people to learn with mm. and set aside time to practice. Mm. Um, and the other general thing is like, don't be scared of messing up, especially yes. with pronunciation. Like, like don't be scared bash your mistakes and just like get on with it um because yeah everyone starts from well most most people including myself start from zero knowledge at all Mm. so um yeah i recently compared it to pronouns of like Mm. if you make a mistake you apologize it's the same when it comes to language so Yeah. yeah 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 Well, thank you so much. And we're going to carry on this conversation, um, which you can listen to on our, um, go to our website, uh, or you can listen to um, it on our Spotify Podbean. And we're also on iTunes now, on Apple Hell Music. Yeah. 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 I'm slowly expanding our empire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. You've been listening to Speak Out Radio on 106.1 FM. So we're just, you know, carrying on. <laughs> just, you know. Welcome to the loyal ones. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Including yeah. me when I listen to this later yeah, obsessively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always listen to like the, the podcast afterwards because I'm just like, I can sort of remember what we talked about, but also I feel like after I leave, I'm just like, wow, that was amazing, but I can't remember anything we talked about. <laughs> and then, yeah. I am totally opposite. I'm like, I do not want to hear my voice. I am never listening to this ever again. Like I always want to. But I'm like, mm. uh, you know? See, I used to not like listening to my own voice, but now I think I've become a little more narcissistic. And I'm just <laughs> like, you know what? It's great. Yeah. I think also sometimes I come in and I'm like, I'm going to put on a really, really <laughs> deep voice. <laughs> so, yeah. I just and get then, excited about the banter. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Yeah. The sick bands. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Stop <laughs> teasing me. <laughs> I'm tickled. <laughs> I'm absolutely All right, I guess it's tickled. bullying Jay Owls in here today. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. I'm like looking at Compass's monitor and we're just blowing out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're so loud. <laughs> Very noisy. Yeah. Soz. Anyway, what were we talking about? Um, we finished <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. I vaguely remember we finished off with some tips for people who wanted to learn te reo Māori. Yeah. We yeah. didn't actually end up getting to our kiwaha, so maybe yeah. we could dive into that or just talk about other random bits and pieces. Yeah, I reckon we could do that. Maybe I um, would love to hear more about like actually learning and yeah. like about cultural stuff. Yeah, and yeah. what your process was with learning as well. That could be cool because I'm. I speak two languages, but I've sort of grown up with them. Mm. So it's sort of like my English is way better than my German, but like also I've grown up with it. So it's sort of like I don't have the same, I haven't had the same learning process. Mm. Yeah. So like I'd like to know what I'm getting into. Sure. <laughs> I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Um, do you think that your English is better because you had more people to share it with and to oh, like yeah. talk English? Oh, absolutely. 1000%. Like especially here um, in New Zealand, there's only like my immediate family that mm. speaks German, and then like at school there would be like two exchange students, and I'd be like, "Oh <laughs> yeah. my gosh, I gotta talk to you." Um, 
but it's totally like I can speak English to like pretty much everybody and that's like the main language I speak therefore it's so much better yeah yeah yeah, and I mean, it, I guess that's what we were saying before, like it's the same with Tiriu in as much as when you're sharing it and when you're able to do it daily and that sort of thing, it's so much easier to be natural mm-hmm. with it. Um, as far as learning it for myself, it was meant to be, I think, initially. <laughs> I kind of went into it pretty blind um, and started doing some night classes while I was studying. Um, and okay, fell. actually, fitira. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I actually just got really bored um, <laughs> because it was a lot of cis older white women mm. uh, wanting to learn it because they were teachers and they felt like they had to. Ah. Um, so, like, no passion. Yeah. And so when it came to, I guess, going out and or even just having conversations in class, like, it was just awful. And, um, yeah, it, it, it was the start to something, which um, obviously I'm grateful for. Um, and then I think I learned more being able to talk with um, some of the friends that I had while I was studying, mm. who um, one of them, her first language was Tiriu. Um mm. She didn't know how to speak English until uh, she was about seven. So she started learning English when she was about four. Uh, and she was just, I don't know, all in as far as that cultural side as well as that language side. And so... Um, the second I was near her, I was pretty much just a sponge of stuff, uh, wanting to get all the information. Um, and yeah, I guess a lot of my learning since then has been, um, I think I've learnt the most um, being able to share it with others. Mm-hmm. So um, I've just finished a job where I was a tertiary tutor mm-hmm. um, and part of uh, two of the papers that I had to teach was um around teaching the very basics of te reo, um, and what I really liked, I guess, about having a really understanding manager and a governance that didn't really pay attention to what I did <laughs> <laughs> was that I was able to kind of teach uh, te ao Māori as mm. well as te reo Māori um, t- in pretty much all of the 20-something papers that I was teaching um, and... In teaching it, I was also able to revalidate mm. um, and continue learning uh, for myself, which I think was the biggest thing for me. And I think that's why I'm just so like, give it a go, but share it, you know, mm. is because that's been how I've been able to learn. Because um, I can definitely understand more by listening than mm. I can talking. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Cool. And like, to talk about what you were saying, um, one of the things that I love that's a cultural concept people don't really talk about too much is the word ako, mm. which people know as to learn, yeah. right? Like akoranga, lecture, studies, whatever. Mm. Um, but it also, wait, yeah, it also, it also means to teach. Yeah. So like that describes a reciprocal mm. concept where like, yeah, you might be teaching someone, but, but you're also learning from them. As I teach, I'm learning. Yeah, yeah. and then as, as the person's learning, they're also teaching you. Mm. And like I definitely find that... Um, in my studies, like I teach now, um, as well as studying. And I learn so much from my students in the ways that, you know, they'll ask a question and I'll be like, actually, 
Sorry, voice is scratchy. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, actually, I never thought about it that way. That's a really good question. And then I'll yeah. go away and do research on my own and come back with an answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just think it's I mean, great. even before we came in here, we saw a sign that said, mm. Kaiti Whakarongo Pikari Aho, which means I am listening, but it's I am attentively listening. Mm. And so it's even just seeing those little things around where it's like, actually, I didn't know what pikari meant before we came in here mm. and it's like okay I've now got this shared um not knowingness mm. um where we were then able to find an answer and now I'll be able to go away and remember that word because I had that shared experience you mm. know so yeah I think sharing is just everything I think but um I think it's really hard to kind of like get over that stigma of learning te reo and learning te ao Māori um, when you haven't been raised in it. Mm. Um, so for me, I am Pākehā um, as well as Māori. Mm. Uh, so I, I have fair skin and, you know, those sorts of things. And I wasn't raised in a Māori environment, but I also wasn't raised in a... Um, like a mana Māori, like I didn't even really know what it meant to be Māori. Mm. Um, I didn't even really, I don't think till I was like in my teens, I didn't even mm. know if I knew that I was Māori, um, you know, and so coming over those personal stigmas mm. as well as those outside stigmas around actually, you know, I wasn't raised in this, but I, I can learn it and mm. I think... Um, getting over those barriers to learning it, you just feel so much more empowered. Um, and I don't know, I think one really hard thing for me was the fact that I, I was learning to deal with a bunch of people who weren't Māori. Yeah, um, but so it's different. It, I mean, I guess this is where you look at all the heavy stuff around, <laughs> you know, the C word, colonisation mm. and intergenerational trauma mm. and, you know, all those factual things for people who are Māori. Um, and you can absolutely see the reasoning as to why you feel that whakama, you know. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, um, being able to learn and share that is so validating and empowering Um but I think it is really important for anyone who doesn't even just know ten kupu, you know, like learning some words that you can use in your everyday life. Mm. Even if no one notices that you're mm. doing it, mm. it's still your own way of being like, I'm using te reo, you yeah. know? Or even if people give you weird looks for it, it's like, mm. um, I don't actually care. You can be yeah. uncomfortable. I'm living in my own mana, yeah. standing in my totally. truth. Totally. Mana has so much, yeah. Yeah. Um, I really, really relate to, like, what everything you're saying. Yeah. Um, my, my, like, real Māori journey was very different, but, um, like, just in terms of, like, I did know that I was Māori growing up, but um, until my koro's tangi, I didn't really have, like, very much exposure to that. And, in fact, I was actively, like, um, personally repelled from identifying with that because, like, you know, grew up in pretty white suburbs where, like, yeah. Like, um, my primary school was fairly diverse in terms of, like, oh, yeah, there's, like, a lot of different tauiwi here, but, like, very, very few Māori kids. Mm. And it was something that, like, I just grew up thinking, oh, cool, like, 
you know, I had friends who would, yeah, well, I I had friends who would, like, bully me a little bit for being Māori, or, you know, just say very racist things to Mm. and around me, and then I'd have to do the whole, like, oh, no, I'm one of the good ones, y'all, like, that horrible, gross, internalised racism, Um, and it, yeah, it wasn't until my koro passed away, unfortunately, that I had positive, like, consistent exposure, where I was like, actually, this is all wrong, like, what I've grown up believing and absorbing from other children, um and from society yeah <laughs> so i just immediately fell in love with it and then like mm-hmm. as soon as i went to intermediate i was in tarangatahi so like doing kapaka every week and like engaging with that side of my culture and um but yes even still then because like you know going to very white schools my whole life um there's just not support mm. for maori specifically um and what little there might be is like not it's not enough. Well, normally I think the supports for Maori come from um, people who are in those settings. Yeah. So I think if you've missed being in that setting, yeah, it's you quite hard to, to get into it. Mm. Um, you know, so if you're raised in a marae, then you know that, you know, oh, to go learn, I go back to the marae. But if you haven't been in that, like, I, it wasn't until my 21st that yeah. I went to my marae for the first time. Yeah. Um, and that was only two years ago, yeah. you know? like um, And, yeah, so I guess once it's hard, you almost have to do your own kind of self-discovery yeah, and just like to learn what actively... you should actually just be yeah. entitled to knowing, I guess. Yeah, you know? and, like, active. And this is something that, like, um, it's what I... When I was in South Africa, what I talked about with my journey for like um, identity and reclamation, and also like have done a bit of other speaking about it yeah. around being Takatapui, but also specifically around being Maori, yeah. is that like you have to reclaim your identity mm. if you're Maori in yes. in a uh, post yeah. in a colonial <laughs> society, unfortunately, yeah. because like there's still you know, and again like we talked about the last mm. time we were talking like. Te ao Māori is why he care. It's elsewhere. You don't think about it in your daily life unless you're confronted with it. Yeah. Um, and it's something that, like, I think every, well, no, I wouldn't say every, most, a lot of Māori yeah. people have, like, quite a deep, like, shame mm. about that still Definitely. just because of the way our society is. Like, I think there's sucks. only a certain amount of that shame that you can actually get over as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's not an easy journey yeah um and I think you know especially I feel a lot of that shame because I know that I'm white Mm. you know so I know I have white privilege like that's Mm. just a fact but at the same time I want to be able to stand in a space and say you know um yeah you know um and still feel that validity um and I think it can be quite shameful you Mm. know to actually have to get over that shame that you're then feeling ashamed of and, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's just a thing, sadly, I think. Yeah, and then I think especially, like, around, like, as you said, the intergenerational trauma Mm. of colonialism, like, it's something that's really hard to approach around your whanau as Mm. well because, like, you know, like, with my koro, he didn't go back to his marae until right before he passed away. And, like, when he passed away, it was the first time that my dad went back Mm. and the first time I went back. So... Like, and then, you know, even for my koro's mum, like, she, like, was half Māori, half Pākehā, and she just didn't, like... Know what to do. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and then she, like, settled down with a white dude in Masterton and <laughs> lived out the rest of her days there. Yeah. And just very, like, it's so sad. Yeah. Like, the way that, especially around, like, 
loss of culture, especially because the culture was, you know, almost eradicated. Yeah. Which was a very specific legal choice that yeah. the government made. Yeah. Um, point, you know, bringing out my... Yeah, well, my like, that was in the media recently, right? Is some guy was like, well, I think all Māori of that generation should be apologised to. And I was like, okay, I kind of totoko that in as much as not only should it be that generation, but, it should be yeah. the other generations after that because I wasn't raised in te ao Māori or te reo Māori yeah. because of those stigmas that were created around yeah. Māori people, you know? And specifically around, like, cool, kids were beaten for speaking their language in schools. Yeah. yeah. Like, a lot of people don't know about this, and I feel like everyone should know about it, and it makes mm. me furious that they don't, which is the Tohunga Suppression Act of 1916, I think. One and of the Pudako is... I almost <gasps> shared was about Tohunga. Yeah. Compass oh. is giving me a look like, I don't know what that is, so let me illuminate. Yeah, yeah no, I don't know. Is it like an act? That's... So it's not still in practice, but it was for 50 years. It finished in the 60s. So basically... But whenever people say it finished in the 60s, I was yeah, like, that wasn't really. that long ago. No, like, and especially because it was in place for 50 years, yeah. that's like, yeah. you know... like So basically, that was an act that that's said like that... five generations. Yeah, that was an act that said tohunga weren't allowed to practice, so like... So what are tohunga? So they're spiritual leaders and healers, so yeah. would be in charge of things, like, you know, healing, but then also like... They um, had their specialties, right? Yeah, like, like and, and knowledge around, for example, mm-hmm. like tāmoko and the karakia that you're doing, the actual specific, like... The tools the, you the need tools, to use. The practices, the how you actually do tools, that. But yeah. The, yeah, the using of them. Actually, I watched a really cool um, YouTube video that was all about the process of getting mm. tāmoko, mm. and it was so cool. And yeah. it's so, such a, like... I don't know, it was so cool. It was so communal mm. and so, like, yeah. spiritual. Like, yeah. it was so awesome to, like, watch, even though it was, like... Obviously, yeah, like a little different bit different context. Yeah, yeah, but it was, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah, all good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, so that act basically made it illegal for Tohunga to mm. practice um, and to share their knowledge, and to share their knowledge, which so, is how you pass on your Tohunga ness. Yeah, like you train, you train the next generation. Yeah. So like an apprenticeship, right? Yeah. So like you're training that next person to carry on. Um, and yeah, that so, can't be passed on, obviously, if you can't practice it. So Yeah, so that was made illegal to do for mm. 50 years. And people love to be like, oh, but yeah, New Zealand was colonised in the 1800s. That was almost 200 years ago. And it's like, okay, but so this specific act, which yeah. meant that we legally weren't allowed to pass on our culture mm. for fear of being imprisoned and persecuted, yeah, like, that only stopped 50 years ago. Mm. Like, we still have people who are alive that were living through that then. Yeah. yeah. That, and, like directly you know and we don't have that a lot of that knowledge was lost like you know it's gone forever that's attempted cultural cleansing yeah hi sorry i leaned really close no that's so true though and especially when like knowledge is passed down not through writing but through like speaking like yeah uh, it's so when you people pass acts like that when governments pass Mm. act like that like you can't just assume that everything's fine. Like yeah. it's been, we got rid of it. Yeah. It's fixed. But like you lose things yeah. through that. Like Yeah, there are still yeah. scars in communities. Like that doesn't go oh, away. Totally. I mean, there are still scars in communities from eighteen forty, like Kuntitariti, yeah. you know? Yeah. Let alone from pre like pre colonization and all that kind of thing. Um like I know when you were talking before about, I guess, you know, your whānau and mm. that intergenerational stuff, I think I might have talked about it before, but um, my 
one really big thing that I still really struggle to get over um, is that um, a lot of my journey mm. um, has come back to this um, this puraka, I guess, that I was told about my nana. Mm. So um, I never got to meet my nana, uh, my dad's mum, but she is my whakapapa to te ao Māori. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, she... I don't know, um, I don't believe that she um, ever had the opportunity to go to her marae. Um, she wasn't buried there, she didn't tangi there, she didn't anything like that. Um, and a lot of that came back to the fact that her father, and so again you're looking at that mm. intergenerationalness, her father was taught to be ashamed of being brown, mm. um, so when she had skin similar to yours, um, it wasn't white enough to be white, but it yeah. wasn't dark enough to be dark. Um, she used to come home every day from school bawling her eyes out, and she'd spend hours and hours on end in the bathroom, like leaning over the sink, trying to wash her skin so that she could be white. That literally um, makes me want to cry. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to cry, but and it's it's something that I think I've found really hard to get over. And as much as you know, you you always like I don't know. I think about it quite a lot. And as much as um, when I'm feeling really really anxious or really down, the one thing that really grounds me is thinking about like I am the strength of my tupuna. Yeah. Um, and I think for her to be able to go through years and years of that. Um, is incredible um, and I think obviously everyone in life whether you're Māori or not um, you want to make your ancestors proud you want to make your family proud and that sort of thing so I think um, yeah quite a lot of my whakama comes from that intergenerational trauma mm, you same. know like around um, would she be proud and mm. um, you know that I've been able to overcome that and um, yeah I guess just that that ongoingness, if this is my story, then there are literally thousands of other stories so much like that, mm. that actually, um, you know, her, her being able to speak te reo in school, or her being taught te ao Māori, or, um, you know, a tohunga being able to pass down knowledge, all of those things that were stopped mm. by the colonisers, by the government, um, could have been able to support her and could have been what minimises that intergenerational trauma. You know, those sorts of things, I think, um, is really hard to get over. Um, but at the same time, I think it inspires me mm. in a way, you yeah. know, like um, that actually... Our government's not going to do anything about it because, you know, <laughs> hashtag ihumatau. Yeah. But, um, you know, even if our government's not going to do it, um, I might not be able to fix anyone or anyone's story or change any of it, but I can, um, I guess, make those little um, changes in my everyday life yeah, that can, can like, inspire someone else to do yeah. that or to to support someone else through their tiao journey or yeah. you know that you sort of thing you find a community right and yeah. like what's the 
the whakatauki that's overused to death. Uh, uh, the most important thing in the world is the people, the people, the people. Yeah, absolutely. So. And again, it comes back to that sharing of everything, you know, like I'd love to think that if I was born a hundred years ago, I would be able to be a tohunga, you know, and that I'd, I'd feel so much honour to mm. be able to learn those sorts of skills and knowledge to then be able to pass on because I think every single thing I do and the, the one uh, common factor in all the mahi that I do is that constant, um, yeah, that constant whakaro of sharing, you know, mm-hmm. of um, whether that's the knowledge or you're sharing a moment or, yeah. you know, anything like that. Um, and I think if tohunga was still um, as prominent yeah. as they were back then, um, I'd love to think that that's our modern day definition, you mm-hmm. know, and um, yeah, I mean, that kind of sounds egotistical when I think about it too, but in as much as I guess that that overcoming of those intergenerational things, I think, I don't know, I'm just thinking about the fact that people listening and people out there mm. who haven't yet come over that intergenerational stuff, um, there's no supports out there to do yeah. that. And it's not easy. Like, I've spent the last five years in therapy, like, weekly therapy, mm. to be able to come to some of these whakaro. And um, not everyone has those privileges of being able to be in weekly therapy. Um, yeah. And I think that's why it's so important to be able to, um, you know, encourage people to go on those journeys, but also not to do it alone. And, yeah. you know, that kind of thing, because... It's not just like a, oh, the world's colonised and it's doom and gloom, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. there's actually positives um, and out of crappiness can come light and, yeah. you know, that and, sort of I mean, of I thing. think, like, even just looking at the whole basis for, like, te ao Māori, which mm. is community, like, that's, it's such yeah. an important, huge thing. Like, when you look at, you know, the words for tuakana and taina, like, old sibling of the same gender, younger sibling of the same gender... People are like, well, why is there that? Why are there four words like tuahine, which is like sister of a man, yeah. tungane, brother of a woman, and then tuakanatena? People are yeah. like, well, why? Why are those the only specifically gendered like family dynamic yeah. words in Te Māori? And it's like, oh, it's because like the tuakanatena stuff isn't specifically just around blood relations. Yeah. It's a communal role yeah. of like the older siblings mentor the younger ones and then the younger ones are allowed to be free and like learning things. That's one thing I found then, really amusing is that yeah. if you like look up certain words on the Māori dictionary and yeah. how, um, you know, it says, oh, this is the definition. And it's actually like, well, tuakana actually just means to be growing older. Yeah. Um, and taina just means the younger but still growing. Yeah. And then know? also like... um. A lot of people, you know, you, you get taught, like in most papers, that like matua is like father yeah. and then fire is mother. But actually it's like mother and father figure, which is more broadly Anyone like... one of yeah, that respected... Like mentoring, yeah. like, yeah, level. You can you can call them matua or fire if yeah. it's okay with them, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you don't want to be insensitive. But um, yeah, like everything's communal and it harkens back to this idea that like, mm. yeah, we lived like... You have hapu, which are subtribes made up of Fano families, and yeah. then the hapu make up an iwi, yeah. a tribe, and then like there are relationships within that, and like you know some, you know even going all the way back to the seven waka that came to New Zealand, we mm. trace our heritage that far back. So like mm. everything was community based, and it, you know the idea of a super nuclear family like we have now mm. wasn't really such an important thing because like a, you know, and the idea of found family I think is especially poignant for people in the totally. rainbow community like. Yeah. You know, yeah. especially 
because you kind of grow up knowing that the love of some of your whānau might can be conditional yeah. upon like yeah. being I think that's something that yeah totally and I think especially me growing up is like the one thing that always like kept me going is like one day I'm gonna have my queer family yeah. and everything yeah. might not be like great but everything's gonna be a bit easier once I have that queer that family because yeah that's something that nuclear families sometimes just can't give you because yeah. it's sort of like not broad enough yeah. yeah it's almost like a custom built marae right yes. and it doesn't oh. have to be no sorry this I, this is a massive thing that I talk about around um self-care and self-identity um in as much as um you are building your own support systems and mm-hmm. they don't always have to be like literally building a house and mm-hmm. moving in with your queer family like you, you know that. that's yeah. expensive <laughs> like I'll win lotto and then maybe hit me up mm-hmm. but um you know like you you've got this that I mean even if you look at um the classic Te Whare Tapa Whā mm-hmm. you know yeah, like, order. yeah um but you're looking at how within that like obviously a lot of people know about Whare Tapa Whā but the fact that Everything in a fari has meaning and mm. purpose. Um, that your po um, are your queer family, are your chosen family. Uh, you know, so even if one po, which might be your biological family, um, even if that's not as strong, you've still got three other po to yeah. support mm. it, and you've still got that um, waharoa of blessing and love, and mm. you know that sort of thing, and. Um, yeah, just around, I guess, everyone can build their own whare, you know? Yeah. Like, you can build your own marae, your own safe places, um, and they don't have to be, f- like, physically in front of you. Like, yeah. um, everyone's got a marae in their hearts. Aww. <laughs> build a little birdhouse in your soul, but it's a marae. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, just to exp- like, for people who don't know what uh, te whare, whare tapawha is, sorry, brain's not working today, um... Yeah, like it's the the four walls of your house that are your Mason your well being. Yeah, um, like so spirituality, fano, mm. so, yeah, fano, uh, hiningaro, yeah, so which what, is mind, yeah, mind or mental, yeah, mental, and then emotional. physical, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. tinana body. Um, the one thing mm. that um, a lot of overly used modern um, <laughs> examples of tapafa is they actually don't have the fifth element, which, which is, is the finua. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah, where yeah, that yeah. whole waharua, yeah, 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 you know, um, and it is about that. It's almost like, yeah, okay, you can have these four areas of health and of looking after your well-being, but actually that grounding, that thing that Māori seem to just go on and on about because wow, it's so no important wow. is like even if you can't culture. have a healthy family, even if you aren't mentally as well as someone else or you know even if you have broken your leg or I don't know like (laughs) any part of those four dimensions Mm. you can still come back and ground yourself Mm. in the land you know yeah and I think that it's something that people tend to miss about like the and I mean dating all the way back to colonialism right with the whole concept of like oh we're gonna buy this land off of you and Māori being like what what does that mean what is what is land ownership I don't yeah um so, like, again, and there are so many interconnected concepts, like um, kaitiakitanga, manakitanga, um, and then with whakapapa being a core thing, with again tino going... Tino rangatiratanga. Yeah, tino rangatiratanga, <laughs> with again going back to, like, 
the fact that we as Maori whakapapa all the way back to Nga Atua, like at the beginning. So well, like Papa literally the Puraku you said before yeah. was about the creation of, of humans from gods. Mm. And, but um, that came from a woman made of dirt. Yeah. Which like, is we're like, literally you know what I mean? Related like, like on a spiritual and also very tangible blood way and that's like why that you know why you have a lot of processes around sustainability that already exist like and again going off on my conservation tangent around like rahui for example which is like um you know you gather sustainably from an area and then you give it some time to regenerate you have like you know and then that's why you have like the lunar calendar is so intrinsically linked that's why people aren't um only the core kaitiaki are yeah. staying on Ihumatau at the moment. Yeah. Is because they're letting the whenua recover from yeah. having all the people there. Yeah. And people tend to just be like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's just land. And it's like, well, actually, uh, no, it's also a physical <laughs> manifestation of our ancestors, as well as like, you know, when people do their um, pepeha, they'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, this is my mountain, this is my river. Yeah. Those are also like our ancestors, like the bond and the Ooh, link that, to the land is so puraco close. of Arahura. Yeah. Um, river like that is the river of my hapu yeah like um that 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 story is my whakapapa like you know yeah it's yeah. it's your history and it's a part of you yeah and your like your heritage and like to treat the land as if it's just like oh yeah something that we can use and exploit mm. isn't something that is no. compatible with a lot of ideas in town okay. it wouldn't be it wouldn't i wouldn't be true to myself if i didn't have a slight rant okay Ooh. so <laughs> greenpeace rang me the other day i'm pretty oh, sure no. every time i've been on here recently i've called someone out like at some point but anyway like you called the cops out last yeah, time yeah that's right it. okay so greenpeace like hit me up um so bless the person who rang it was her first day so i tried to be very nice to her and i said that i'd only talk to her so that she didn't get yelled at by other people because I wasn't giving her any money, but, you know. Um, so they rang and they were like, oh, you signed a petition um, about, um, you know, the Amazon rainforest being on fire and how people should help and put it out and blah, blah, blah. And so a 10-minute story of her telling me a random bunch of scripted stuff um, was basically like, give me money to help put out the forest. And I was like... Yeah, no, bye. Um, because, uh, mostly because I couldn't afford it. But, like, mm. it's super important, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But then I said, uh, can I just ask, because, oh, so part of the script that she was reading me uh, was that the native people who are living there are trying so hard to put it out and, like, it's making them homeless and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I was like, dude, like, I know all about it. I've been mm. researching my butt off about ways that I can directly help the natives um, and how I can directly support them in um, putting it out or finding new homes or, you know, anything like that. So that's why I wouldn't support Greenpeace. But um, I said, so with that in mind, obviously, you know, that's their land being taken away. Um, what are you doing for Ihumatau? Um, oh, my so God. She, so she said, um, oh, it's my first day, so I'll go ask my manager. So I got put on hold, and she went and asked her manager, um, and she came back, and bless her, the first time she said Ihumatau, um, she said it correctly, okay. and then every other time after that, oh, she no. was Ihumatu, um, but oh, anyway, she was trying. Girl. Um and she was basically saying, oh, yes, we were shown a video about that the other day. And uh, we've decided it's not a Greenpeace priority at the moment. So humanitarianism like, isn't a Greenpeace so, priority all of a sudden because it's from here, right? Well, I was just like, uh, so you're not going to help 
you know, you want you want to help the natives in Brazil, and that's part of you selling Greenpeace, I guess. You know, so you can make money, and you're happy to use that tokenism <laughs> in your corridor with people Go to raise it. money. But you're not going to help the Tangata Whenua of Aotearoa? And she was just like, ah, ah. And I was like, it's your first day, girl. It's all good. Like, um, it's all good. But maybe talk but, to the higher-ups yeah, about yeah. not And I said, but I've just donated, gross. like, all of my savings to Imatao and supporting the kaitiaki up there. So, you know, you're not my co-papa. So mm. I was, uh, but, you know, like, I think about it and it's just like, the only difference... Is is that our government haven't funded for someone to go light a fire in Ehumato, but there's nothing yeah. stopping them. Yeah. And so I think is so important, obviously, as it is, you know, like the Amazon rainforest is literally twenty percent of mm. the humans' oxygen. But at the same time, like it's not my single handed input to yeah. to sort that, you know, like actually for me, someone else is gonna put out that fire and if they're not this sounds really like just <laughs> stupid, but more what I'm getting to is the fact that they were trying to sell me a sop story about Native people. Yeah, when it's like, oh, but we actually don't care about our Native people. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and I think it's really hard to support other kaupapa. I actually Um, have a similar thing around Greenpeace as well, where they, um, a few years ago, were protesting some stuff in South America as well around oil, and they decided to do, like, you know, the Nazca Lines... Yeah. Yep. So they decided to protest. These are like re- thousands of years old, like perfectly geometrical drawings, like mm. that you can see from you know from satellites on like this huge plane of rocks that has been undisturbed for h- thousands of years, yeah. and it's a heritage site. And they basically went in there with their protest and like messed around with it. So now there's like tracks through the rocks and stuff near the lines, mm. and it's like cool. So you went in there for your own ag- like obviously it's a good agenda. I agree yeah, with it. Yeah. But then you went in there and messed with this indigenous heritage site because you thought that that was more important. Yeah. And that sucks. Like there's other ways you can do that without directly like shitting on, sorry, swearing again, <laughs> the people who have looked after that area yeah. who like it's not their fault that, that that their government is like doing all this horrible mm. stuff. Yeah. And you're just like going in there and messing with their, their yeah. history well, and their th- culture. I think my really arrogant way of looking at it was um, other people are gonna jump on instantly to save uh, the oxygen source. You know, everyone's gonna want to save the Amazon rainforest, um, but not everyone is gonna take that five seconds to actually yeah. think. You know, what about other places? Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. so. For me, it was like if others jump on board with that copper, then who's left looking out for the others? Mm. Um, I think yeah. as well, it's sort of like, oh, it's 20% of our oxygen. Like, it affects everybody. So it's like people can see, like, oh, this yeah. impacts me directly. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas this, like, I don't see why I should care because it doesn't impact me directly. Yeah. Which is, yeah. like, another really frustrating thing of, like, why can't you just, like, have a little bit of empathy for Yes. Yeah. Which is, um, yeah. You had your land returned. Oh, definitely. <laughs> okay. Um, Oh, worm. Sorry, I just realized that I never talked about my language. <laughs> yeah. And we're wanting yeah. a shout out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I reckon uh, we've been going for a solid for a hour and six minutes. Look at us go. Yeah. Um, I, been... Again, like, I learn so much every mm. single time. Like, I talk to you. Like, I'm. <laughs> yeah. my mind is blown every single time. I can and... bullet point summarize my journey because it was pretty 
Yeah, I'm. Okay. Yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome. And maybe then we can we wrap can up that. with maybe like two or three of your faves. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I started at high school, but the system at my high school was absolute garbage. Um, and it was one of those things where it was like, oh, my teacher was saying that I was one of the exemplary students in class and was going to do NCA level, like level one a year early. But then I was just passing and the other exemplary students were just passing and everyone else was failing. So it's like, oh... This is what exemplary looks like, I guess. Um, and unfortunately, I've talked to so many people who did like high school del Māori and had exactly the same experience, which sucks. So I dropped it and basically decided to pick up at uni. So um, yeah, I've been learning te reo Māori through university for four years. So I'm coming to the, like I started from nothing, coming to the end of my third year. Cool. I'm doing. A, I'm going to plug my paper because I love it so much. And if my lecturer ever listens to this, she'll be like, Jasmine, you favourite. <laughs> um, which is called Te Tahu o Te Reo. So it specifically outlines, like, it's about grammar. And I oh, love grammar. Yes. Um, oh, I cannot express how much I love grammar. Sometimes I just, lo- like, I pick a random language and I'm like, I'm going to yeah, find yeah. out everything. Um, <laughs> so it basically takes a whole lot of, like, rules. And, um, you know, the first thing we learned was, oh, here's the different types of words and how they fit into a fuck up up a tree. And it was so fantastic. I loved it. Wow. I'm still loving it. It's my favorite paper ever. Anyway, um, so I do, I did that and um, I t- also teach now. So like did um, weekly study groups last year for the first two papers at Vic. And then I um, teach uh, tutorials for that now. Um, and I also teach night classes with the Community Education Centre. And I also have a bunch of private clients. So my whole life at the moment is like thinking about speaking to or speaking to or mm. learning it or teaching it. And I love it. It's like the dream honestly mm-hmm. um but yeah just like one of the things that I found interesting slash difficult for mine starting yeah. at an academic level was that again like similar thing so yeah. many of the students in the first paper were like oh we have to do this for an education degree and so yeah. like didn't want to be there um and then because there's the first two papers that are super basic and then everyone else who did it at NCA joins in it was immediate immersion from that wow. third paper which was really, like, sink or swim, super challenging. Um, But it was good. Like, I wouldn't have learned if it wasn't. Um, But even now, like, I have a similar thing where I struggle to find... Like, I teach a lot, which... So I talk about and think about the structures. Yeah, it's different when you teach, and it's also from a basic beginner level, Mm. so it doesn't give me an opportunity to just be like, blah, 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 blah. And I actually taught my first full immersion class, like, on Saturday um, with a student who, like, had finished some... Um, classes with um, Te Wananga Wātero a few yeah. years ago and so she was like I need immersion like to get back into it and I loved it I was so like I was just thrilled that yeah I, I knew more than I thought I did and I yeah. think that um, if you can yeah again like echoing what Brett said like around finding other people to learn with is so essential yeah. um, no matter what level it's at if it's even just conversational or if you want to go mm. crazy with the grammar like I have um, <laughs> yeah so that's my my whirlwind suddenly obsessive about Te Reo Māori in the last yeah. few years. Okay. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that you did a full immersion class. Like, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so excited. I mean, we're, we're, so we're cool. immersion at the moment. So, yeah. like, we're talking about grammar and Te Reo just constantly. <laughs> so cool. And I think that's also another interesting thing with, like, the government wanting to, I think it was, like, by 2025, yes. having, like, everybody be at least bilingual. Good. Which I think... It's so amazing, but I also think they need to, like, actually dedicate themselves to it. Of, mm. like, you can put mm. people in classes as much as you want, but if you're not, like, mm. you know... Present. 
yeah engaged. and expressing how like beautiful and important and amazing this language is and giving mm. people the opportunity to interact with it like people mm. like might be able to say like kia ora, but like yeah that's it. yeah but that's yeah, it like what's the reason yeah, yeah. how are you going to use that going forward exactly but also, a lot of people don't even know, like, the full meaning of kia ora. Yeah, which is yeah. be well. It, yeah, right? but it can yeah. also be, like, thank you. It yeah. Can, it's it's mm. so much more than just hello. That's my favorite. You know? Um, but the other thing, I think, with that is that if we're going to teach it in schools, we also need to be teaching our creation stories, our pūrāko, yes. you know? We need to be enforcing, like, the value of knowing the language mm. and the culture. It can't just be a tokenistic, yes. everyone learns to do and no one knows And now racism is dead the... forever yeah. in Aotearoa, yeah. New Zealand. I believe that's something quite interesting I found of, like, I would know, I can't think of specific examples, but it was sort of like I would know a word, like, in the back of my brain, mm. and then someone would, ex- like, tell me, like, mm. a story or something, and then I would understand where that word came yeah. from. Mm. And it's sort of like it reinforces and it like enriches this like single word that mm. I'd never really thought about in that light before, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I think is just the most gorgeous thing. Yeah. Hariata, a few years ago at Shift, yes. every word that was is last a year, right? And, and she went through the, the fuckapapa of the word kupu. Yeah. And it was so good. Yes. I was sitting there like, I've never heard this I before. Know. I love yes. it. Yes. And I think being able to, like, fuckapapa is so much of te ao Māori. And I think it wasn't until that workshop that I was like, dang. Like, I never, like, I know that kia is something else. I know that ora is something mm. else. But I never thought about the fuckapapa of those two coming together to create this new meaning. And mm. I think it was so, like... Gorgeous. Boom. Brain blowing, like, you know? Yeah, Yeah. and I think also, like, with stuff around, you know, people are in karakia for offices and whatnot, Mm. but they don't know what they're saying. Yeah. They just, like, you know, it's so easy to be like, 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 you know, you're not actually thinking about what you're saying. You don't know what it means. You don't believe in it. Yeah. Okay, we've talked about yeah, it. Like, so like, yeah. I was like, like, six minutes ago, I was like, we should wrap up. Yeah. And then we can't. But I think everything that is being said is so important. And I think as well, it's stuff that doesn't really get said enough. Mm. Yeah. And it definitely isn't stuff that actually like goes out there. So I think I would happily speak for like 12 mm. hours, Mood. but I think um, we do have to wrap up. Shall we share yeah. quickly one kiwaha each? Yes, that'd be awesome. just what it is and then meaning. Ne, you go first. Uh, okay, so I have some really cool ones that I found on the Tawiki Otereo Māori week, uh, you know, mm. website. So I'm just going to plug that and not even mm. tell you what those words are because <laughs> okay. you can go do some Valid. research. Or I might give them to Tabby to put on our Facebook yes. page maybe. Hell yes. Uh, but so my favourite would probably just be awesome, karawe, yeah. you know, um, because that's an, I just like the fact that you could use that anywhere, you know. Yeah. That's just a easy, beautiful one. Um Plugging another one, though, is beautiful, which is atahua. Mm. And I just love that because it's really beautiful. And you can call anyone atahua. You mm. can call them kari atahua, mm-hmm. like my beautiful friend. And, yeah, I just think that's cool. Yeah. I'm also going to plug a resource, which is um, uh, kufu.maori.nz. I love it. It was made by one of the lecturers up at Vic. Um, and it does, so, like, if you subscribe on the, the email same list. the app? No. Or is it separate? It's different. Oh. It's a website. And if you subscribe to the email list, it sends you a new word every day. Even though I've been like, 
Oh, you're like writing it down. Um, I'm I've not been... sure if you could hear my massive gasp. No, it's okay. I was like, repeat what that yeah. Was. Um, yeah. Kupu, like K U P U dot Maori dot N Z. Um, and basically, like, I've been learning for four years and I still have words in my vocab that I don't know that it sends me every day. Um, it also has Kupu Tewiki, which is like usually a kiwaha, um, which is like a saying or an idiom. So, um, yeah, I, I love that website so much. I recommend it to anyone. Um, and the one that I want to share, which I just like and use all the time, is Karafiwa, which is um, like, go for it, give it heaps. Karafiwa, K A R A W H I U A. Karafiwa. So you say that it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, like, I use it in class all the time if I'm like, oh, here's this exercise for you to do. Karafiwa, like, go hard. Um, encouraging. It's yeah. cute. I like it. But of course, there's a million. Yeah, yeah. I, I have I have one that I learned maybe like earlier um, cool. in the in the year not earlier today. Um, <laughs> Takatikapa. Mm. It's like um, the penny dropped. Yeah. Of like, oh, and it works oh, in like so many different contexts. Cute. It's like yeah. I. It's one of those words where it was sort of like I learned it and I just started using it like all yeah. the time to myself. And then I yeah. think like katakatikapa kuahikitekohu is the 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 second pair in that phrase i can't remember what it means i think it's like the fog has cleared so it's basically like oh, the yes. penny drops the fog's cleared like are you understanding now yeah. type thing but i think what i i loved so much about it is you can use it in so many different contexts yeah. of like it can be like the most sarcastic thing in the world but it can also be like <laughs> oh, oh God, wow. yeah. 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 yeah oh that's so cool yeah Right. I'm learning so much. Yeah. Um, y'all all go check out these resources and thanks for listening to us ramble for yes. an hour and some change. And 15 <laughs> minutes, yeah. Yeah, so awesome. I'll be sure to link the resources that you mentioned. You're so um, onto it. I'm so onto it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm... Like every time, every time Does I'm just so count as, I'm uh, so inspired. Well, access radio? No, this is podcast. Oh, okay, well then I'm not gonna. Your list. Uh, what was it? Katie, <laughs> Fakarongo, Pikari, speak queer. out, queer. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll have so to memorize the Katie, Fakarongo, Pikari, queer, key. Going to Nexus Radio, yeah. speak out, Rane. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Look at you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Kakits. Car keys. Car keys. <laughs> <laughs>